This is the Nourishing Nutrition Podcast, and my name is Eleanor Dooley. I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and advocate for your best self. I combine current nutritional research with the practicalities of living your life, giving you real nutrition talk in bite-sized pieces. Please remember that I am a licensed dietitian nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. I am not a medical doctor, and by listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you might be having. Hey, everybody. It's Eleanor Dooley. Happy December. I'm recording this right at the beginning of December, and we are in full swing of the holidays. So I am wishing you much love and happiness and wellness for this December season. I know life can get a little bit crazy with the shopping and the decorations and the parties, and it's a really great time to reconnect with people you might not have seen throughout the year, but it can also be a very anxious time for a lot of people. Uh, We put a lot more on our plates than we're used to, and we tend to be sleeping less. We tend to be drinking more alcohol and eating more sugar, which ends up wearing down our immune systems. And today we're going to talk about acid reflux and what it actually is and why the way that it's treated is not in the best interest of our bodies and our healing. And so I really just wanted to open the chapter on what is happening in your body. A lot of times when patients come to me and I ask them about the conditions they've been told that they they have, sometimes I get deer in the headlights. Sometimes I get I've been told this, but I don't really understand it. Or, you know, I've been handed a pamphlet about it and that's it. So what I want to do is really kind of take the lid off of what's underneath this diagnosis or what's underneath this condition. A couple announcements for nourishing nutrition that I'd love to share with you guys is the hormone happiness project is coming back in January. And I'm really excited about it this year because I've been able to record the modules in audio. So if you like listening to podcasts or you like listening to audible books, this is a great way to still get the information in your ear whenever you're carpooling or you're going for a walk, or you really just want a deeper understanding of what's going on in your body as far as your hormone health. This program is really cool because it involves the functional testing. So even though it's, it's set up as a group program, it's a highly personalized program where you get specific results about your body. You get testing, you get interpretation, and you also get the background information that is what is necessary to create the transformation that you're looking for. Sometimes when we join group programs, sometimes we can get lost in the flow of the program, but this one is specifically designed to walk you through the foundational nutrition and explain to you the different workings of the hormones in your body. We talk about blood sugar. We talk about inflammation. We also talk about adrenal health 
stress, cortisol, sleep, all of these kind of health buzzwords that are going around, but really how you can take action on slowly shifting into a healthier, more balanced, feeling more level-headed and really just thriving in your own body. This is for women of all ages who are looking for that missing piece on how they're feeling. Maybe you wake up and you're still super tired. You feel overwhelmed all the time. You're having pain, whether it's headache, whether it's period pain, whether you're just feeling blah. For me, when I started getting migraines and just really feeling totally apathetic, I was not feeling joy in the things in my life that should be bringing me joy. I was feeling pretty much burnt out and not really connecting with the people in my life anymore or with my own body. And it took me understanding the testing to figure out, oh, this is causing nutritional deficiencies. Even though I'm getting the nutrients from my food, my body's not able to break them down and my body's not able to use them in the way that they should be used. And that is the key to unlocking what is going on with your metabolism. If you feel like you're gaining weight or you're unable to lose weight, this is the perfect opportunity to figure out, does your body hold on to too much estrogen before or after your cycle? Or even if you're menopausal, how does your body use these hormones that it makes and how does it excrete them? because that holds the key to understanding the symptoms that you're experiencing. So if you have symptoms, if you have acne, if you have thinning hair, if you have chin hair, if you have no libido, if you feel just totally drained and you can never quite catch up, that is a sign that your hormones are out of balance. Some are too high, some are too low and your body's not processing them optimally. So there's lots of things that we can do to naturally rebalance those pathways. And that's what the Hormone Happiness Project really dives into over an eight-week period. There's live Q&As with me every single week. And each week you're learning more and more about the specific actions that you can take in your life. This is the exact process I use with my one-on-one clients. Although if you were to do it one-on-one, it would cost thousands of dollars. This way in the Hormone Happiness Project, you have access to the modules. Every week you get a new set of modules that you can listen to, that you can think about, and that you can start implementing right away. The Hormone Happiness Project launches in January, and I'm so excited to get started with our new group. For more information, check out my website, nourishingnutrition.net slash hormone happiness project, or you can always find information in the show notes. All right. Today we are talking about acid reflux and a lot of people think acid reflux is something that it's not. And that's what I'm here to break down today. The American college of gastroenterology estimates that over 60 million Americans experience acid reflux at least once a month and over 15 million experience acid reflux symptoms every day. Acid reflux is not really well understood by most people. 
This is apparent when you think about those commercials that you see on TV for Nexium and Prilosec. And they talk about these symptoms as if taking a pill will actually fix the problem. It will take away the symptoms. And today I'm going to dive into what the symptoms of acid reflux are because they might surprise you. And also I'm going to show you how you can test yourself at home today to see if you have stomach acid dysregulation and natural remedies to help rebalance. So we're going to start off talking about the diagnosis that we get when we go to the doctor and we say, we've got burning in our throat, difficulty swallowing, feeling like there's a lump in your throat, coughing, sour burping. Sometimes you can regurgitate food if you feel like it's coming back up, but you're not quite to the point of vomiting. And sometimes it can feel like a tightening in your chest or a squeezing that can be misunderstood as panic attack or even a heart attack. So it's natural to think that all of those symptoms are caused because there's too much acid sploshing around in your stomach because we know that acid can do that. We know acid is painful, it's burning, and it feels bad. So it's natural to think that there's too much acid. So if we take a pill to reduce the acid, then we shouldn't have any of the problems. And I think it's funny because I recently saw a meme that was a, a doctor and a, a woman and, and the woman said, oh, you're telling me I have a disorder caused by my lifestyle. Maybe I should change my lifestyle. And the doctor says, oh no, honey, you don't have to change your lifestyle. Here's a pill. So that just makes me laugh. When we think about dysregulation in our body that was caused by our actions, changing our actions would lend itself to our body rebalancing, but we just don't think that way sometimes. So anyway, it's natural to think that these symptoms are caused by too much acid, but you might be surprised to understand that is not the case. The reason is not that there's too much acid, it's actually that there's not enough. This is the point that I really want to hammer home. For many years, doctors have prescribed medications for acid reflux. They're called proton pump inhibitors. These are medications like Nexium, Prilosec. Um, you have your H2 receptor blockers, such as Pepsid, Pepsid AC, to lower the stomach acid because the assumption is that those symptoms are caused from high levels of stomach acid. These medications typically do provide momentary relief, but they have serious long-term effects such as vitamin deficiencies, bone loss, and they don't actually treat the root cause, which is that your stomach acid is low in the first place. Now, I just do want to note, there are some rare cases that these symptoms are caused by too much acid, which can lead to painful stomach ulcers, inflammation, digestive distress. I did want to mention that, but the vast majority, I'm talking over 90% of acid reflux is caused by low stomach acid. And I'm going to show you how you can test yourself to see if your acid is high or low, because if the symptoms are the same, whether they're high or low, 
sometimes it can be difficult to figure out which one you have. How does low stomach acid cause these symptoms? Well, if you think about the way that you digest food, you chew food in your mouth, you swallow it, goes down your esophagus into your stomach. The stomach is well-equipped to break down the fibrous foods, the solid foods into a liquid because when that passes into the small intestine, it should be in liquid form. Now, if we're eating particular foods that interfere with the enzymes that are present in our stomach, such as spicy foods, fatty foods, fast foods, um, really greasy foods, or things that are very fibrous, like steak that, that need to be broken down into liquid. A lot of acid is required to pull apart these foods and get them ready to be passed along to the small intestine. Now, if there's not enough stomach acid present, either for the quantity of food, so let's say you overeat, you eat too much food. Well, there's only a set amount of stomach acid available for you at one time. So if you overeat and you get this indigestion feeling, it's because the acid that's meant to break down the food breaks down what it can, and it can't do any more than that. So you might feel like there's food in your stomach that's not digested. And that might feel like there's food not quite stuck in your throat, but you can feel food there. The other thing that's important to note is if there's too much food in the stomach, it creates pressure on the valve system that we have to protect our digestion. We have valves in place to make sure the food goes in the right direction. Okay. This is why food goes in your mouth and down because it works with gravity. There's valves along the way to make sure things don't come back up. Now that sphincter, it's called the lower esophageal sphincter, the LES. If that sphincter has too much pressure on it, because there's too much food in the stomach, that valve can not quite completely close. And when that happens, acid can creep up. So if you think about that for a second, the acidic contents of broken down food can be pushed in the wrong direction if that LES has too much pressure on it. This causes a burning sensation, making you think there's too much acid. This means that more stomach acid is needed to break down that food, not that we have to reduce the stomach acid that is already there. So when you think about it that way, it's uncomprehensible that medications would be provided to weaken or lessen the stomach acid when it's already low and unable to do the job that is needed to digest the food. Unlike acid suppressing medications, supplementing additional stomach acid and increasing the body's natural acid production actually heals the acid reflux and corrects the problem. This is why when you take things like Prilosec or other proton pump inhibitor medications, it doesn't really correct the problem. The problem comes back day after day, which is so interesting to me that when the doctors prescribe this medication, it's the medication is meant to be taken every day, meaning it's not meant to be healed and we move on with our life. And so I really want you to think about that. If you're on that medication or if you've taken it over the counter as needed, think about 
that little pill is stopping your body from secreting natural acids. And when we force our body to do things it's naturally not designed to do, it causes problems in other areas. Okay. So how do you test yourself for low stomach acid? This is an exercise I like to use with my clients that are really unsure about, do I have enough stomach acid? Do I not? First thing in the morning, you want to take a fourth teaspoon of baking soda and four ounces of room temperature water. Okay. Stir it up. Make sure it's all a liquid and then drink it and then start a timer. Okay. What we're trying to see is how long it takes for you to burp. In theory, if your stomach is not producing enough hydrochloric acid, which is our stomach acid, you'll burp within two to three minutes. If you burp after four minutes, then that indicates that you have lower stomach acid. So you want to drink the solution and set the timer. I will include the printout of this test in the show notes. If you want to download it and try it for yourself at home, what I want to get into now is how do we course correct this without medication? And there are some really good things that you can do to rebalance the stomach acid. The first thing is to rethink the foods that you're eating. What foods are going into your stomach that are irritating either the lining of your esophagus in your stomach or that are throwing off the quality and quantity of the stomach acid that is available. And these are foods that are not going to surprise you that are highly processed things that have highly inflammatory oils in them, like soybean oil, canola oil. The, these are the processed oils that fast foods are usually fried in high carb foods, processed packaged foods, carbonated beverages, and alcohol. Alcohol is very, very irritating to the lining of your esophagus. Any other trigger foods, I mean, your body is unique. So things that you know give you reflux or make you burp, those are the foods that are irritating your stomach. And at the same time, we can add in specific foods that reduce the reflux symptoms and heal the lining of the gut. So we're trying to do two things. We're trying to heal the lining and we're also trying to create an adequate amount of stomach acid for the food that we are eating. So we want to incorporate foods with healthy fats, things like fatty fish. Um, we always want to use wild caught, never farm raised. Um, we want to include animal proteins such as chicken, beef, preferably grass fed and organic eggs. We want to get pasture raised eggs because we want eggs that come from chickens that have eaten real food. They're not just eating feed. They're eating bugs and they're walking around grass and they're, they're in their natural habitat. Those are the kinds of eggs that are going to have the most nutrients. We want to stick to mostly a whole foods diet with tons of green vegetables, fruits, bananas, berries, apples. We want to stick to soothing teas like chamomile, marshmallow root, ginger, as well as green tea. Now, the foods that are going to help promote stomach acid are going to be bitter foods. If you think about it, if you swallow something bitter, it's going to stimulate acid in the stomach. So this is a good thing. This is why you've probably heard apple cider vinegar is so good for your digestion. Well, it's true because vinegar promotes stomach acid. It actually tells your stomach it's time to start making acid because food is coming. 
So bitter foods that you can incorporate into your regular meals are things like arugula, dark chocolate, (laughs) um, coffee, cranberries, dandelion greens, things that are really bitter are going to help stimulate that acid so that you can break down the food that's coming down the pipe. The last tip that I'm going to give for stimulating your own stomach acid is adding in digestive enzymes that perhaps your body is lacking or not making at this time. What we want to do is encourage your stomach to increase absorption. The thing is you could have the perfect diet, but if your body's not breaking it down, and absorbing it, then it's not doing you as much good as you think it's going to. So digestive bitters um, are great. You can get enzymes at the grocery store that can help. You can get herbal teas that are going to soothe the lining of your stomach and esophagus to help protect it when your digestion is in distress. So the bottom line is we want to promote stomach acid being made in our bodies because the majority of us have low stomach acid. We get low stomach acid throughout the years from having diets that are nutrient poor. So if you've ever gone through a phase in your life where maybe you weren't getting the perfect amount of nutrients, this could naturally have lowered your stomach acid. And by the way, as we age, this also decreases. So it's not uncommon for people as we age to experience these low stomach acid symptoms. What we can do is encourage stomach acid production to help break down our food. We can do this without medications that stop or block the natural production of stomach acid. I hope this was helpful. And I hope you took away some nuggets from this podcast because most of my clients that start out with me, we have to go back to the basics, the fundamentals of nutrition begin with digestion. Are you chewing your food completely? Think about it. If you're having stomach acid issues, you can help out your stomach by completely chewing your food. Take some of the burden off of the acid, having to break down the food by chewing your food and doing some of the work. Eat more foods that are digestive friendly, such as soups, smoothies, things that are already broken down before they enter your stomach is really going to take the burden of the work off of your stomach. If you are interested in learning more about me, my practice, and my programs, you can follow me on Instagram at your.hormone.nutritionist. You can follow my Facebook group, Happy Hormones and Tamed Inflammation, or visit my website at nourishingnutrition.net. Check out my free resources by subscribing to my newsletter and following this podcast. See you next week for a brand new episode.